0: Now, Father, again, we thank you for your presence in this place as we bless your people. Let your word go out in power. Let your word go out with fire for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, We are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. He is not in the grave. He is risen. Now, we can say that intellectually because... But it is something else to declare that from your spirit, being fully convinced that Jesus Christ, whom you serve, is not in the grave this morning. So in this service, which is online, we are declaring together that Jesus is alive. He is not dead. Jesus Christ is alive. Did you know U Jesus did not raise himself? He did not raise himself from the dead. He trusted fully in his father. When he went on the cross, he went on the cross by faith. He trusted fully. Ugutubabawake was going to raise him up from the dead. God indeed, he did raise him. He did raise him from the dead. Zonke inkolo zonke inkolo whether it's buddhism or it's african religion or it's the jewish religion or it's islam zonke inkolo zime seke loe if you remove those pillars that particular faith falls apart so inkolo that you and i are part of There are seven pillars in our faith, in Christianity. Without these, Christianity doesn't exist. Even if you take one out, you pull one out of the seven, the entire gospel, the entire uh, concept of Christianity falls flat. It falls apart. So as God's people, we must be founded on a stable foundation. We must be fully convinced of these things. Number one, uh, the Bible talks about his virgin birth. That's number one. Uh, Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Now, I'm going to touch on that before I move on to resurrection later on. Because that's one pillar that gets most Christians confused and they get challenged and shaken. So, that's the first thing. It's the first pillar. The the second pillar is his death on the cross. Jesus Christ died on the cross. We must be fully convinced it is established truth in Christianity. Number three, his burial. Number four, his resurrection from the dead on the third day, which we are going to discuss today with you in this service. Number five, number six, it talks about, is it five or six, his ascension. You do the counting. Ascension then the next one is his second coming and then the last one which is the seventh one is his Eternal reign the Bible talks about the fact that Jesus shall reign shall reign with his Saints forever and ever first the first thousand years and then forever and ever so the Gospel is established on those seven pillars if you take one out Everything falls flat. So this morning, I want us to discuss two of the seven. Uh, I'm going to come into a resurrection. (laughs) Because there are things there that I want to uh, plant in your spirit and deposit in your spirit going forward. These truths. These are truths and revelations that we walk with Every single day. You will understand, Woody, the power of resurrection. It is amazing because when you find yourself in a situation that looks like death, you remember that even in death, God can speak a word and things begin to come alive. He calls forth that which is in the grave. He calls it forth and it appears according to his timeline, mm. according to his timing, according to his will. He does not make, He doesn't care whether it's dead or alive, he wants things fulfilled. So there, there, there might be things in our lives to this morning that look like they are, they are dying or they are dead. If you understand the power of resurrection, you will be able to deal with such by faith in the name of Jesus. So quickly, let's go to uh, this pillar of the virgin birth. I'm going to touch on that one, and then I will move on to the resurrection virgin birth basically with loads with was the to biological father of Jesus. Your gospel, my friend, is in the ICU. Your gospel is in a critical state. Remember, the unique birth of Jesus Christ was and his conception in the womb of Mary was declared by the Father as early as in the book of Genesis. Now, if you can go with me now in your Bibles, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse number 15, because the reason why I'm discussing this with you is so that we can deal with certain lies that the enemy would have planted amongst many people, even those who would listen to this afterwards. Now, go with me, the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse number 15, in that particular scripture, there is an indication, God gives us a, an indication of the nature of the birth and conception of the Messiah who was going to be born. Now, verse 15, thank you, Holy Spirit. The Bible says, and I will put enmity, or hostility, or animosity, I will put enmity between you. Talking to the devil and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. In Jesus' name. Now, if you are very careful and you study your Bible, there is a situation there when God says her seed. Her seed. That there is an head of. Right there, something begins to arise and you begin not to notice that there's something going on there Because umuntu woman does not have seed. A woman does not have seed. She has an egg. It's only a man who carries seed. So has seed has seed. It means that when Jesus is born, there won't be any man who's going to claim provision of the seed. Let me repeat that. When Jesus, because the seed in that scripture refers to the Messiah, we we, we can discuss that some other time. This is why it says, he shall, he is in capital letter. Whenever he or him in the middle of a sentence is in a capital letter, it makes reference to the member of the Trinity. It's either the Holy Spirit, God the Father, or God the Son. So in that particular verse, it says a uh, hair seed, capital letter H, um, he shall, capital letter H, he, he. All right. Let me take it easier. So my hair seed, it means that there won't be any man who's going to claim paternity for Jesus. There won't be any man who will claim that he provided the seed. Now, let me explain to you, Bazarani, why that was necessary in the name of the Lord. Why it was necessary for Jesus to be born in the way that he was born. Why it was important that Jesus would be born under the circumstances that if you talk to people, uh, was born, uh, Jesus was born of a virgin, a, a myth to many people. Now, why was that necessary? His blood had to be unique. The blood of Jesus had to be unique to qualify to redeem the entire world. Because Jesus was not going to be ordinary. Uh, he he had to be holy. In other words, his blood shouldn't have been contaminated with generational bloodlines and generational things that happened before him. So. It had to be unique. Now, the extent of the uniqueness of the blood, we do not know. But we know that it had to be holy. So God the Father then decided to take responsibility for the paternity of Christ. He took that upon himself that he was going to be uh, the Father. And so he sent Christ to redeem mankind in the earth the the reason also was and the second reason why it was important for jesus to be born under the circumstances in which he was born his mission the mission of jesus christ was to deliver people from an archangel now i'm going to explain that to you uh, so his dna the dna of the messiah had to have something greater than that of an archangel He was going to be dealing with a supernatural device called sin invented by an archangel. So if you are going to be dealing with a a sin which is invented by archangel, basically you are dealing with the archangel himself. Because all you are doing is you are challenging his invention. We have spoken before, Ugut Esau was birthed in the heart of a, a keru in heaven called lucifer he was in heaven he saw did not come uh, for the first time in the book of genesis chapter 3 he came it was born in the heavens it was born in heaven in the heart of an archangel called lucifer so it is a Esau, it's a supernatural device that is meant to deceive men and to pull men out of the will of the Father. So Ujesu had to have in his DNA something that was going to enable him to deal with that which has which had been put together by a cherub in heaven. Uncle was not going to look around and find some banapa somewhere in the corner to deal with sin. God was very intentional. So truly It would take someone extraordinary to deal with sin. Now, how did the virgin birth happen? This is where uh, confusion comes. This is where conspiracy theories come. Now, as my family, I need to share with you something powerful because some of the stuff I'm gonna explain, I know we have not heard this before, but let me share this with you. So it sets you free from whatever whispers that you might receive because we are human. Truth be told, you and I are human. We conceptualize on a human level. So when we begin to think how this would have happened, sometimes there are question marks that are left unattended and unanswered. So how did the birth of Jesus, his conception in the womb of mary it's important that we discuss this because celebrating his resurrection without total faith in his conception in his virgin birth already the foundation is shaken there is no uh, truth and there is no sense in that we can celebrate and jump and say he is risen he is not in the grave yet One of the pillars, when we discuss one of the pillars, his virgin birth, there is still a cloud in our minds with regards to how that transpired. So naturally, naturally a man would insert the seed using a physiological, you can call it instrument, you can call it a tool, you can call it um, apparatus. That's naturally for conception to happen. Let me repeat that. For conception to happen in the natural, a man would have to insert a physiolo- physiological apparatus tool to insert seed. That's how it works in the natural. But supernaturally, the seed would have to be placed. To place means you put it directly in a specific location. Bang is Supernaturally, the seed would have been placed or put directly in its specific location. Let me give you an example. If you want to go inside a house, you have just bought seed from checkers from anywhere. You want to get inside a house and leave the seed somewhere in the house, you and I, a man would have to um, insert himself Within the door frames, and then go inside the house and leave the seed. Let me repeat that. If you want to place in the natural, if you want to place seed, I've bought seed somewhere, now I want to go leave it in the house. I would have to constrain myself and insert myself through the door posts or door frames of the house and go leave the seed. Now, supernaturally, supernatural beings don't need doors. Supernatural beings, uh, John 20 verse 19 gives an attestation to this fact because the Bible says in that particular scripture, and the doors were locked. Suddenly Jesus appeared in their midst. This proves that in the supernatural realm, Supernatural beings, they don't need to insert themselves through door frames for them to accomplish a mission. So what would have happened in that instance in Jesus' case, the seed was placed directly in the what they call the fallopian tube, supernaturally. Why? Because supernatural beings... They don't insert themselves, they are supernatural, they walk through walls. There is no way where we learn through the mouth. The Holy Spirit comes upon us and is in us. Demonic spirits, they just come. So in the case of Jesus, there was no need for the Holy Spirit to do whatever a man like myself would need to do, because it's supernatural. What he did was he placed the seed that God had given him directly in a specific location where conception would take place. And then that's what happened. So let us settle this, Pastor once and for all. Jesus was born of a virgin. Jesus was born of a virgin, the reason I've already stated. So let the truth be settled in your spirit. Let that pillar be established in your spirit forever. Mm-hmm. Jesus was born of a virgin for the reason that I have mentioned. Now, together, I want us to discuss his resurrection. Now, there are many angles you can approach a resurrection. My intention this morning is to establish amak eniso, obu Christu in your lives. We can talk about uh, God raising your, your, your broken whatever, which, which I might cover also this morning. But allow me first to establish you in kingdom truth. Allow me to establish you so that there is a, a sober-mindedness when it comes to these things. You know that you know that you know. You are convinced in your soul that yes, indeed, number one, he was born of a virgin. Number two, he was raised from the dead. Now, go with me, Basilone, to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. I am going to read there uh, about eight verses, verse 1 to verse 8, because the context must be given. It says there, verse 1, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, as they were confused. That behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again and the Bible says and they remembered his words as I speak to you if Jesus now at this point in time is in his tomb you and I are wasting our time. We must just pack and go in terms of this faith in which we are part of. Omu Jesu, as we are gathered this morning, as you are listening to me sharing this word with you. O Jesu is now, right this very moment, in Jerusalem, in the grave. What we are doing here is a waste of time. Let's forget about it. Paul first Corinthians 15 and if Christ is not risen then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty and in verse 17 of 1st Corinthians 15 he says and if Christ is not risen your faith is futile in other words it's useless it's meaningless you are still in your sins, he says. So, Bastard, we don't play with resurrection. Because according to the Apostle Paul, everything about Lentis, we have been forgiven our sins, we have been redeemed, hinges upon the fact that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. So our faith in his resurrection must be without question. Our faith in his resurrection must be without any a question mark or any room for such. We must be fully convinced that, yes, as we gather today, Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Amen. Now, there is something special about the third day, which I want to share with you. There is something amazing about the, the third day, because when you look in the book of Genesis, In the chapter of creation, which is chapter 1, in the third day, on the third day, the Bible says God commanded the earth to bring forth. On the third day, not on the first day, not on the second day, specifically on the third day. It was on the third day that God the Father commanded the earth to bring forth. To bring forth, it means to bring forward. It means to produce, it means to release, it means to draw out. God wanted to draw something out of the earth. There was something in the earth that he had invested on the third day. He wanted to draw it out. So on the third day, uh, there's something amazing about the third day. On the third day, God wants to draw something out of us. Amen. Now, let me go through that particular scripture quickly with you. It says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself. According to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. It was on the third day that God says bring forth. So the third day is the day of the bringing forth. The third day is the day of the bringing forth. The third day is the day of drawing out. Jesus being dead was drawn out of the grave was drawn out of the tomb by Elohim on the third day. Now, in the Gospel of John, chapter 2, the Bible says, On the third day, on the third day, from verse 1, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does, what does your consent have to do with me? My hour, he said, has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were uh, six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. On the third day, God draws out the fruit. Draws out the fruit of the vine. He draws out the fruit of the vine out of an impossible situation. On the third day. It is the third day when God commands the water pots to bring forth wine. It is on the third day when Jesus raises back to life a dying wedding. On the third day, there's something, there's something amazing in scripture about the third day. About the third day. Third day is precious to God. Now, I want to tell you, Bazarwan, every believer has a third day moment. I want you to know that. Every believer has a third-day moment. Every believer has a third-day moment. I I want to say that until you get it. You have a third-day moment. A dead marriage, a bank account, a sickness has a third-day moment. This is true because in the book of Hosea, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, Come... And let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live in his sight for the glory of God, the Bible says. So there is something amazing about the third day. They see it in you. And on your third day, God will bring it forth. I don't know whether you are on your first day in your life or your second day. It does not matter because God declares in our, in, 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 in our lives. Because we are living in the realm of the spirit. God can declare a third day out of nothing. So God will bring it forth. There is a, a third day for every believer, a third day experience. I want you to know that. It's resurrection power that God gives to those who love him. He will bring it forward, whatever it is. He will bring it forward. God gives us the grace to produce that which is in us, to bring it forth. He gives us the grace to release it. He will draw it out. Mm -hmm. In your eyes, it may seem like everything is dead, like Jesus was dead. It may seem like there is no hope, but God gives us the grace. He gives us a third day experience. He gives us the grace to draw it out. He gives us the day to call it forth. He gives us the day to bring it forward. He gives us the day to produce it. He gives us the day to release it. So family, as we close, I want you to know this. Jesus was raised from the dead. He is not dead. He is alive. God drew him out because God had invested in that ground called earth. On the third day, he pulled his fruit out. He will do the same for you. Jesus lives, dear family. Jesus is alive. We don't pray to a dead God. He reigns and he lives. The Bible says he lives to intercede for the saints. So I pray that God will bless you. I pray that that anointing and that grace to call forth to release, to produce, that your third day will come speedily, that your third day shall not delay, that your third day shall be called from heaven anytime now, in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I bless your people. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless your family. Bless your family. We are going to meet each other then on Wednesday. Uh, God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. God bless you. Receive your blessing from heaven. That which is dead, he brings it to life. As he stepped out of the grave, your dream, your things, whatever that has been in that grave shall come out. It's his grace upon his people. He has given it to us. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Thank you.